Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Al was the smart one. Yep, we've been talking about uh, this the last couple of days, about uh, Al Villanueva. He's the Steelers lineman who decided not to put Antoine Rose's name on the back of his helmet for the Monday night football game a couple days ago. Uh, He's been criticized for being a bad teammate because he was the only guy on the team who didn't have Rose's name on his helmet. Nobody on his team actually came out and criticized him, though, uh, that I know of. As a matter of fact, a couple of uh, guys stood up for his right to do it, including Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, I made a point here that the Steelers embarrassed themselves with the statement that they put out. Uh, they referred to why Rose was confronted by the cops, who eventually, by the cop, I should say, who eventually shot him. They referred to that uh, as an incident, quote unquote, an incident, as though it was, uh, you know, a, a broken taillight or something. It was an attempted murder by drive-by. That's what Antoine Rose was involved in. And uh, they referred to it as an incident that happened earlier in the evening. It happened 10 minutes before he was pulled over. Just a really ignorant, stupid statement put out by the Steelers. Anyway, uh, Villanueva's teammate Marquise Pouncey released a statement today on Instagram. And here's part of what he said. Quote, I was given limited information on the situation regarding Antoine and I was unaware of the whole story surrounding his death and what transpired during the trial following the tragedy. I should have done more research to fully understand what occurred in its entirety. Yeah, a black kid from Pittsburgh was shot by a white cop. That was enough for some people, and that's that's what they got caught, uh, and that's why they got caught looking stupid. For just that's That was enough information for them to put the kid's name on their helmet. This is what else uh, came from Pouncey on his statement on Instagram. Quote, moving forward, I will make my own decision, by the way, which is what Al Villanueva did. Moving forward, I will make my own decision about what to wear on the back of my helmet. Make no mistake, I am against racism, and I believe the best thing I can do is to continue helping relationships between the police and their communities. He's been working with the police uh, in communities around Pittsburgh, uh, and that's why this upset him when he found out the details about uh, Antoine Rose. Good for Pouncey, anyway. Art Rooney II also released a statement, and he said, quote, As an organization, we respect the decisions of each player, coach, and staff member relating to how they express themselves on social justice topics. What he didn't do is apologize for the stupid statement that I mentioned that his uh, organization put out about Rose uh, before the game on Monday. And what he should have said is, from here on out, we are no longer in the social justice business. We will be selling football. But that would be too much to ask. And it's become pretty clear that football and basketball fans have had enough, uh, and not to mention baseball fans and probably fans of all sports, but especially the NFL and the NBA seem to be uh, the ones pushing this the most. The fans are tired of being lectured to, and they just want to, you know, watch games. That's what they do. They want to get away from all the stupidity in the world right now and watch a football game. There's one tonight, by the way. And it's a Thursday night game, and obviously because it's Thursday, but I mean it's a prime time game. And let's see how uh, that one's handled, and how much they lecture to us, and what 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 they'll do with the opportunity this time instead of just shutting up and playing football. And if the players want to use their platform, by the way, to promote whatever cause they'd like to promote, you know, do it on their own time and on their own dime, which is what, by the way, Colin Kaepernick should have done in the first place. What was that? Four years ago. Let's see if the Steelers are smart enough to learn from their mistake and downplay the virtue signaling and concentrate just on being a football team. I wouldn't bet on that happening anytime soon, by the way. Anyway, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about Joe Biden, speaking of stupidity, and guns and how wrong he is about them. And with uh, we'll be doing that with one of America's foremost experts on guns and gun control and what's wrong with gun control. That would be John Lott, Jr., 
And in our second half hour, we're also going to talk about Joe Biden and what a phony he is with a guy who's written a book called The Biden Deception. Stick around. Hi there, Hugh Hewitt. I have a book that you've been waiting for, the one that totally uncovers the anti-Trump movement within the Washington establishment. My good friend Byron York, you know him from Fox News, The Washington Examiner. He's on my show all the time. He's got a brand new book. It's called Obsession, Inside the Washington Establishment's Never-Ending War on Trump. And Byron brings the heat. Obsession is a must-read. He's the political correspondent that you always trust anyway. But now he's got officials and members of the Trump defense team on the record. All of the stuff you want to find out about what happened with the special counsel, what happened with the impeachment, what happened with Ukraine, it's all in Byron's new book, Obsession. Look, the opposition will stop at nothing to prevent Donald Trump's re-election. Now is the time to get the facts. Read Byron York's penetrating new book, Obsession, inside the Washington establishment's never-ending war on Trump. Available from Amazon and wherever books are sold. Obsession by Byron York. Obsession by Byron York. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800 308 If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-308-6638 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-308-6638 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800 308-6638. This is John Steigerwald. You know, this election in November is the most consequential since 1860. The stakes are high, the battle lines stark, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Dinesh D'Souza's latest film. It's called Trump Card, and it's an expose of the socialism, corruption, and gangsterism that defines the Democrat Party. Now, whether it's the creeping socialism of Joe Biden or the overt socialism of Bernie Sanders, this film reveals what's unique about modern socialism, who's behind it, why it's evil, and how we can work with President Trump to stop it. Go to WatchTrumpCard.com and pre-order your video on demand and DVD. You don't want to miss this important new film by Dinesh D'Souza. Again, pre-order your DVD and video on demand now at WatchTrumpCard.com. That's WatchTrumpCard.com. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Hey, we're waiting for uh, John Lott. We, uh, we'll be putting the call in, and uh, again, we hope we connect with him. He might uh, be, uh, well, he's waiting for our call, I hope. We'll see what happens. But um, a couple of things here that I saw. Uh, this is really interesting. I just saw this on Twitter. Uh, this is from this is what uh, Nancy Pelosi said, I guess, a little while ago, a few couple hours ago. Uh, she was uh, in uh, in the House and she said, quote. 
We support peaceful demonstrations. We participate in them. They are part of the essence of our democracy. That does not include looting, starting fires, or rioting. They should be prosecuted. That is lawlessness. Does that sound like something you would hear from Nancy Pelosi, a, you know, a, a week ago, a month ago? What would bring that on? I mean, uh, what was it she said? It was uh, not that long ago. She was asked about the, uh, the, the, the looting and the rioting uh, on CNN or somewhere, and she said, oh, people do what people do. That's, that was her response, and she didn't want to hear about it. She didn't want to be uh, forced into criticizing people who were, you know, burning things down and breaking into stores. Do we have John Lott ready? Uh, ready to go? Well, uh, gun control is an issue, an issue in every election, not just the ones to pick hello. a president. And uh, Hello, John, uh, John Lott, are you there? I think so. Okay, there you go. Thank you. Sorry, we I'm working from home, and uh, every once in a while we have issues. You know, the COVID-19, I'm... I'm sitting in my house right now. I'm not in a radio studio, so we have issues every once in a while. But I, I appreciate you being on the show. Um, and I should, uh, I wanted to introduce you properly. You're the author of uh, the, uh, you're the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center and the author of several books, including More Guns, Less Crime. And I, again, thanks for being here. Uh, you wrote a piece for Real Clear Politics about Joe Biden's claims about uh, guns being, his claims being way off. Where would you like to start with that? Well, I mean, there are lots of places that one could start on it. Uh, you know, in particular, what kind of got me to write the piece was just his tweets that he had put out on Sunday. Uh, there was the shooting of the police officers uh, right. on Saturday in Los Angeles, the two deputy sheriffs there. And mm-hmm. that had caused uh, uh, Biden to go and tweet that we need to get weapons of war off the street and talking about uh, the need for an assault weapons ban. I mean, put aside for a moment that the attacker pretty clearly was using a handgun. I I don't know if he wants to go and define all handguns as weapons of war or not. But, uh, you know, the claims that he was making that uh, the assault weapons ban uh, that we had had in effect from 1994 to you know, there's been a lot of academic studies that have found that it had no impact. And it's pretty clear why it wouldn't have had any impact, because you were banning guns based on how they looked rather than how they functioned. So normally he talks about he and Kamala Harris talk about AR-15s, for example, being weapons of war. Um, the thing is, they're a semi-automatic rifle. Uh, they may look like an M-16, but they function like any semi-automatic hunting rifle. And so, you know, there may be some logic for going and banning all semi-automatic guns, if that's what they want to do. Most, the vast majority of guns owned by Americans in the United States are semi-automatic guns. But to go and ban a, a set of guns simply because they look like military weapons when they function like any semi-automatic hunting rifle, you know, firing the same bullets with the same rapidity, doing the same damage doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And it doesn't, it's not obvious why anybody would think that it would have any impact on crime rates. And uh, so, but, you know, I can understand on... why they wouldn't want to go and ban. All... Go, ahead. go ahead. I can understand why they don't want to go and ban all semi-automatic guns. Semi-automatic guns are very beneficial for individuals for self-defense. You know, you have three types of guns. You have manually loaded guns where you have you fire a bullet and you have to physically put another bullet in the chamber yourself. You have semi-automatic, which one pull of the trigger, one bullet comes out, it reloads itself, one pull of the trigger, one bullet comes out, and so on. And then you have fully automatic guns uh, that are used by the military, which as long as the trigger is depressed, bullets will come out. You know, if you make people only have manually loaded guns, you know, it takes time to reload after each shot. Uh, you know, if you're if you fire at an attacker and you miss, or if you wound but don't incapacitate the attacker, or if you have multiple attackers, 
people may not have the luxury of time to manually reload uh, a, a bullet in the chamber after each shot. And so what about the argument that, you, that they like to make that you don't need an AR-15 to hunt deer? Well, the, the point is, is that AR-15s are hunting rifles. They just look like uh, a military weapon on the outside. In fact, AR-15s are what you would classify as a small caliber hunting rifle. They hit the size of the bullet that they have is sufficiently small that it's against the law to use AR-15s to hunt deer in most states because of the concern that you're more likely to wound rather than kill the deer. Uh, and so, you know, uh, but, you know, if you want to go and ban AR-15s because they're a semi-automatic gun, then you're going to have to ban most hunting rifles that are out there. And if that's what they want to try to make an argument for, then fine. But the notion that they just want to ban certain rifles because of how they look, you know, because they often use the term military style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows why people like certain guns to look like other types of guns. But, you know, banning guns based on how they look uh, doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, maybe somebody can explain it to me, but... Uh, you know, his claims that uh, the assault weapons ban that we had uh, reduced violent crime, uh, it just isn't true. I mean, if you look at the last year that uh, we had the assault weapons ban in effect in 2003, uh, the murder rate in the United States was 5.7 per 100,000 people. Right now, it's 5 per 100,000 people. There's not one year, there's not one year after the assault weapons ban was sunset where the murder rate was higher than it was when we had the ban. Uh, It's been lower uh, virtually the entire time afterwards, and often quite a bit lower. So there's lots of research that's been done that's looked at the states that have their own assault weapons bans, and they haven't found any benefit. In fact, there's some evidence that it actually had a pernicious effect and caused crime rates to go up. So, um, so I'm going to ask you because you know you keep saying, uh, and I agree with you, but you, you keep saying that these these guns are referred to as uh, uh, military weapons or weapons of war because they look like them. What is the purpose of an AR-15 looking like that? Is it is it about the functionality or is it about the look? I mean, some people like red sports cars. You know, I don't know what the deal yeah. is, why certain people like certain things that look certain ways. But, uh-huh. you know, some people like guns that look like uh, military weapons. And so, you know, if that's what they like, you know, I, it's a question of taste. But mm-hmm. if you think that it's going to impact somebody's ability to go and fire a gun in certain ways or impact criminals. I mean, first of all, you're talking about only 2% of murders in the United States that each year are involved any type of rifle, let alone the type of rifles that they're talking about. The FBI doesn't even break it out uh, for murders involving AR-15s or uh, AK-47s or whatever. Um, But, uh, you know, and, you know, why people like the looks, I have no idea. But uh, uh, <laughs> it's not going to – I'm not sure what they think they're going to accomplish by banning mm-hmm. certain guns based on how they look. Yeah, I guess my question would be if, if it's a if it's a, a PR campaign, would it, 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 would it be better for gun – not that I agree that they shouldn't be allowed to have them because I think they should have whatever they want, but um, if you're if you're trying to – um, win over the public and have less pressure on you to to uh, give up your guns. Would it make sense to not have guns that look like military weapons but are, aren't actually functioning as a military weapon? Look, you know, I think they're always going to have some gun that they're going to go after, that they're going to mm-hmm. complain about and go and argue that it should be banned. Um so, you know, I guess if I was convinced that they weren't going to say, okay, now let's go after this other type of gun, uh, 
then, you know, it wouldn't bother me one way or the other, whether they went after that. My concern is that most of the gun control laws that they try to push actually disarm the most vulnerable people in our society. You look at the fees and the costs. I mean, just go look at the uh, Democratic platform that they have this year. One of the laws that they are promising to push forward if they take uh, control of the Senate and the presidency is to allow lawsuits against gun makers and gun sellers whenever their guns are used improperly. You know, whether it's a crime or an accident or a suicide. Could you imagine if we had cars every, you know, we have 4.5 million people each year that are injured in car accidents. What would happen if uh, people could sue or would sue gun maker or car makers and car sellers for, you know, the hospital costs, lost wages, pain and suffering every time a car was involved in an accident? Hmm. I mean, how long do you think the car companies would remain in business if that right. was the case, if all 4.5 million people that were hurt in an accident? You know, you look at the different types of laws that they're trying to push and that they're promising. It seems pretty clear that their goal is to eliminate gun ownership. And it's not just the laws that they push. You look at the people that they put in as judges. You have all four Democrats on the Supreme Court uh, who are in favor of reversing the Heller and McDonald Supreme Court decisions. The only thing that those decisions did was they made it so that the government could not ban all guns or all handguns or all rifles. And uh, those four members of the court uh, would overturn that so that the government could ban all guns. You just need one more member of the Supreme Court there, and they would reverse those decisions. And the governments could, uh, you know, just like Chicago and Washington, D.C., had banned all handguns. Uh, they would be able to go and do that again if they had the case. And and with the Democrats promising to get rid of the filibuster, I mean, a lot of people may view that as an arcane Senate rule, but it's constrained both Republicans and Democrats in what they can pass because you've had to get bipartisan support in order to pass bills. And if they get rid of the filibuster, as they're promising now, they will if they take control of the Senate and the presidency. Um They'll be able to pass all these different bills on pure party line votes, and uh, they'll be able to put uh, expand the number of judges on the court so that they'll be able to uh, put in any type of restrictions that they want to have. Pretty scary stuff. I got a couple minutes left, about a minute and a half. Um, Joe Biden has said out loud, though, uh, he looked into the camera and said that gun manufacturers, manufacturers, I'm coming for you. They're not making any secret about it. Right. Well, I mean, that's part of this notion about the lawsuits that we were talking about before, that, you know, if we're not talking about a product that didn't operate properly. We're not talking about a product liability suit. We're not talking about a, a manufacturer that committed a crime. They're saying that whenever your product, even if it worked as it's supposed to work, you know, so like, Again, you know, if a, if a robber uses a car in a robbery, should General Motors or Toyota or Ford uh, be held criminally liable for any of the harm that occurred in the robbery? Or, you know, if he committed a murder uh, and got away in the car, should, should the car companies be sued uh, for their complicity in helping that murder occur? John, I'm, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you being on you know, uh, you, and uh, pu- putting up the, the good fight here, all, as you've done for many years. Dr. John Lott, thanks a lot. Sure. People can find more at our website at crimeresearch.org, crimeresearch.org. Very good. Thanks, John. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Trump spoke today at a White House conference on American history at the National Archives Museum, along with Vice President Mike Pence. Their message was on the importance of preserving and revering America's 
founding documents against the corrosive challenges of so-called cancel culture, as well as what the president called other leftist efforts to dismantle traditional American values. The number of Americans applying for unemployment benefits fell last week to 860,000. The Labor Department notes that 12.6 million are now collecting traditional unemployment benefits. That is up drastically from 1.7 million a year ago. The weekly total is an historically high figure, of course, that reflects the economic damage done by the coronavirus outbreak. On Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average struggle. It was down by 130 points. The Nasdaq up by 140. This is SRN News. God's Word is power, and we need to be in His Word every day gaining wisdom. God is very patient, but because of our immoral society, we are drowning in debt, have poor public education, and corruption all around us. Our founders would be horrified at what the democratic agenda has become. With the right and left fighting each other, they get none of the work done. Please go to ProfitToAmerica.com. We're going to lose America. You can't remain silent. That's ProfitToAmerica.com. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. This is not time for a spiritual awakening. I need to be the man that God made me to be. From the creators of God's Not Dead, the new movie, One Nation Under God. We can do anything with faith. We can accomplish anything with faith. Winner of 35 Film Festival, starring Kevin Sorbo and Antonio Sabato Jr. One Nation Under God. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase and use promo code MOVIE for 20% off. Hugh Hewitt exposes the Democrats' plan. Barbara Ferrer is the L.A. County Health Director. She did a conference call yesterday. You may not hear this anywhere else, but Barbara Ferrer said this. Don't realistically anticipate the reopening of K-12 schools, at least until after the election. After the election. Do you get it? Do you understand? The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. Spending more time inside? J&D Waterproofing can help you breathe a little easier. Protect your family, friends, and pets from mold, dampness, and other unhealthy elements. For over 80 years, J&D has been making Pittsburgh basements very dry and improving indoor air quality with solutions like the Easy Breathe System. Eliminate unhealthy mold and allergy-causing moisture without filters or reservoirs while using less energy than a 40-watt light bulb. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY or visit jdwaterproofing.com. Hey, y'all. Hey. We're Diamond and Silk. You've seen us on TV and social media. Or maybe you read our new book, Uprising. Who the hell said you can't ditch and switch? Now, we're here to tell you about what's next. An exclusive video event, Diamond and Silk Unscripted, with the one and only... Larry Elder. We'll be telling our truth about who we are and how it all began. How our faith gave us the courage and freedom to speak our minds and not allow anyone to dictate our destiny or our future. We will talk about the world we grew up in. Mm -hmm. What led us to rebel against that world and how rebellion led us to speak out on politics and reach millions of viewers. It's an exclusive video event from Salem Now. Diamond and Silk Unscripted with Larry Elder. Oh, you don't want to miss this. So log on to SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com for Diamond and Silk with Larry Elder. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Two separate accidents to look for. One is a closure in West Oakland involving this crash. Terrace Street involved Chesterfield Road on through Buffalo Street. A good area to stay away from, obviously. And one still with us out in Butler, by the way, at 228, right in the area of Three Degree Road. With that said, the usual tie-ups, and they are pretty big at that on the parkway east and west, both in and outbound directions. That's a look at traffic. I'm Eric Herr. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight will be mostly cloudy. Tonight's low 52. Tomorrow, partly sunny skies. It'll be cooler with a high of 65. Tomorrow night, clear and chilly with a low of 39. Saturday, mostly sunny and cool. Saturday's high, 62. Saturday night, clear skies, low 41. Sunday, plenty of sunshine, high 64. 
With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. The last time I checked, Joe Biden's still running for president. There's still some question if he still knows it, then he may think he's running for vice president or senator. But as scary as it may be to consider the possibility, if he wins on November 3rd, what would we be getting? George Newmayer wrote a book about uh, Joe called The Biden Deception, Moderate Opportunist or Democrats Crypto-Socialist. He joins us now. George, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So I want to make, I make sure I have your pronunciation of your last name right. Newmeyer? It's Newmeyer, yeah. yeah. Okay, very good. Um, so, uh, so what qualifies someone as a crypto-socialist, and is Joe one of those? He is. A uh, crypto-socialist is a, is a socialist who doesn't advertise that he's a socialist. And that, okay. that's uh, Joe Biden. He, uh, he'd never call himself a socialist, but in fact, he subscribes to the redistributionist philosophy of socialism. He, he wants to raise taxes on the American people in the name of social equality. And that's, that's at the heart of socialism. Uh, that's, you know, the traditional understanding of taxation is to finance the legitimate functions of government. It's not to redistribute wealth. But for Biden, that is the case. That is his understanding of taxation. And in that way, he's very much like Bernie Sanders. Well, yeah, but his, has he just become recently like Bernie Sanders because he was pushed that way in the primaries and everything? Or is he, has he, has he been fading into that direction uh, recently or has he always been there and been hiding it well i mean it, it certainly dates to his time as uh, uh vice president under obama um you'll probably recall obama telling joe the plumber that uh, we should spread the wealth around uh right. you know that that was his socialist rallying cry and uh biden that's biden's view as well uh he he uh he's going you know he, he's uh, the traditional tax and spend Democrat, you know, and uh, in order to pay, in order to pay for the trillions of dollars he plans to spend on the Green New Deal and other programs, he's going to have to raise taxes on the middle class. Is anybody, including Biden, still trying to sell him as a moderate? Well, the the media is because the media wants him to poach uh, independents and liberal Republicans from from Donald Trump. And so they've been they've fostered the mythology of Biden as a moderate uh, because they see that, to his, you know, they, they see that as um, being to his political advantage. But um, I don't think anybody's buying it anymore. Uh, as Donald Trump says, he's you know, Biden has become a puppet of the far left. And I, I think uh, most most Americans now see him in those terms. So but he's not doing a very good job of uh, of disguising himself anymore is he no i know they like to say he's a moderate but he's not what what's he doing to promote himself as a moderate uh not much actually he spends most of his time pandering to the base of the democratic party and his selection of kamala harris as his running mate only um accentuates uh his his uh his status as a far left democrat you know because she uh you know she's in favor of black lives matter She's in favor of springing rioters from jail. Uh, together, they both hold very extreme views. And that was my next question, uh, that he he backed himself into a corner by saying he was, he was going to pick a woman and then a woman of color. So that kind of limited the possibilities. But he ended up choosing the most liberal senator in, uh, in the business. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. He uh he could have selected a moderate as his, as his running mate, and, and he chose not to because he's, you know, completely beholden to the Bernie Sanders wing of the party. So to win Pennsylvania, especially here in Western Pennsylvania, and we've talked about this a lot here, um, he's going to have to win the blue collar vote. How can he stay uh, way out on the left on the environment, uh, which he has been, and uh, and accomplish that? How can he do that? Well, it's going to be difficult. I think it's going to catch up with him. And, you know, he, he's, he's uh, gone back and forth on the issue of fracking. You know, he's, he, at first he said he was against fracking. Now he says he's for it. Uh, but he's against fracking on federal lands. Uh, Kamala Harris is against fracking categorically. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to have a hard time. Uh, Biden has been very cavalier in his comments about coal miners. He, I don't know if you remember the time he – he told coal miners that they should become computer programmers 
He said, you know, it'll be easy for you to learn code. Um, that kind of attitude, that kind of cavalier attitude is not going to sit well with people in the Rust Belt states. And um, uh, how does he expect to get the Catholic vote with his record on abortion? He, I actually saw a quote where he says he goes to Mass and, and, and uh, prays the rosary. And I'm not buying it, first of all, but I'm just how, – how does he reconcile the two, being a, a devout Catholic – I mean, that's been talked about a lot, but what does he what does he do to try to uh, to um, accomplish being able to sing it both ways and get away with it? Well, he really can't reconcile it, too. Uh, you know, he's a Catholic in name only. Uh, he, he rejects central teachings of the church. Uh, he he officiates at gay weddings, you know, which is a egregiously disobedient act for a Catholic to commit. Uh, he's completely in the tank for the abortion lobby of the Democratic Party. So it's really impossible for him to reach out to devout masculine Catholics. The only Catholics he can really appeal to are Catholics who've left the faith. And, um, you know, maybe he can uh, appeal to them on on certain issues, but he's certainly not going to reach the pro-lifers who are in the pews. We're talking to uh, George Newmeyer. He's written a book about Joe Biden called The Biden Deception. and um... And so the whole title is The Biden Deception, Moderate, Opportunist, or Democrats, Crypto-Socialist. Um, so he was never a moderate, or was he? I mean, you know, he he had to, in the primaries, he had to fight the other people on the debate stage about how he was not a moderate and that he wasn't um, more conservative than they are. The rest of the group on the stage who were all liberals. Well, you know, he, he's a he's your classic opportunist in that he follows the party wherever it goes. So when the party in the 1990s under Clinton was more moderate, he was more moderate. And he during that period, he sponsored a, a crime bill. Uh, but as the party moved to the left, he moved to the left with it. And uh, so the only period of moderation in his during the course of his career was when the Democratic Party was more moderate uh, when you know Bill Clinton was trying to triangulate Newt Gingrich and the House Republicans. Um, mm-hmm. But really, apart from that, he's always been a, uh, a pretty much down the line liberal Democrat. And uh, what about his record on taxes and what what he's promising to do now? Well, yeah, I mean that I think that should concern the American people the most because you know the Trump tax cut was was incredibly. Uh, good for the economy and good for the middle class. You know, it, it benefited the, the middle class um, largely. And uh, Biden intends to sweep that away. And he, he said on multiple occasions that the very first act he performs as president is to eliminate the Trump tax cut. And so we should expect under a Biden presidency, if it happens, an economy that begins to flounder. And you, you list it. What are, what are some of the things that, that uh, would happen uh, for people and their taxes uh, with Joe Biden as president. What are some of the details of his plan? Well, it's you know he he is he said that he's going to raise taxes by four trillion dollars. Um, mm-hmm. He he claims that it will only hit the uh, very rich, but that's very unlikely. Uh, you know, I don't think he can he can get to four trillion dollars by simply taxing the rich. Uh, and the Trump tax cut, if he intends to remove the Trump tax cut, that's certainly going to affect the middle class because. They were the primary beneficiaries of it. Uh, he has all this, you know, he has trillions of dollars in new spending proposed that um, how is he going to pay for that? You know, he's going to have to pay for that by taxing uh, mo- the, the bulk of the taxpayers who fall into the middle class. Uh, one thing that, that this may not be something that you covered in your book, uh, but just in your research or just in your observations of him. Does, and I mean, maybe he's different now at the age of 77 than he was at 57. But does he strike you as the kind of guy who could be easily um, controlled? Because that's the fear that people have is that he's a vessel and that he's he's uh, if he gets elected, he's going to be the, the face. But he's going to be he's a he's a puppet and there'll be people behind him pulling the strings. The uh, the far left uh, fringes of the uh, of the Democrat Party. Yeah, he's signaled to the powers that be of the Democratic Party that he's willing to serve as what he calls a uh, a transitional figure, mm-hmm. and um, and and I think he also referred to, to himself once as a bridge, 
And uh, so I, I think he understands that his role is to is to serve as a kind of stalking horse or Trojan horse for the far left. And uh, it would not surprise me in the slightest if uh, he hands his presidency off to Kamala Harris uh, within a couple of years of his presidency, if it happened. I mean, like resign and do it, not, not wait till yeah. four years are up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think we're looking down the barrel of a Kamala Harris, Harris presidency. Uh, you know, cause, you know, he's clearly uh, uh, in a pretty shaky condition already, and that's yeah. only going to get worse over the next couple of years. Yeah, they, they, he's going to be what seventy-eight on inauguration day, I think. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, so that makes him like 81 years old, his third year in, you know, halfway in, he'd be, be turn, getting ready to turn 81 years old. He might be playing with blocks in the Oval Office. They might walk in and find him. I mean, he, they might have to cart him out of there, you know. Yeah. Based, I'm yeah, not well, saying that because he's 81, but because of what I've, the way he's been acting at this point at 77. Right, yeah. he's. Um, you know, th- this was actually a criticism that was raised by the Democrats first last year. Uh, Andrea, as I document in my book, Andrea Mitchell and Cory Booker and some other Democrats and liberals, they noted that uh, Biden had lost his edge and that his mental fitness was rapidly declining. So this was actually raised by the Democrats first uh, before the Republicans even got around to making that criticism. And what about um, the deception you're talking about? And we're talking to uh, George Newmeyer. The book is called The Biden Deception, Moderate Opportunist or Democrats Crypto Socialist. Uh, a woman has come out and accused uh, Donald Trump, I think it was today, of sexually assaulting her uh, in 1997. And, uh, and and in your research for the book, what did you find out about Joe and the way he treated people that uh, worked for him and women? Yeah, well, he um, he has a much longer uh, record than Trump does with, with respect to uh, harassing women. You know, it goes back to the 80s and uh you know, that there's still that Tara Reid accusation of sexual assault that's out there. She hasn't withdrawn it. And yeah. then there are just count, countless women who have complained about uh, Biden harassing them, you know, p- uh, being very handsy with them. Uh, mm-hmm. Those female Secret Service agents during the Obama years never wanted to be on Ob- um, Biden's detail because of his um, uh, practice of skinny dipping at the pool at the vice president's residence. So, you know, he's he's. Um, pretty creepy. And uh, that, that I, I would say that that's one of the reasons, you know, that should be one of the reasons why, you know, he keeps saying that he's going to bring presidential dignity back to the White House. Well, he didn't display any during his vice presidency. Has he moved even further left, speaking of the presidency, than Barack Obama? He has. And, and he's even said that. He said that, you know, if he's elected, he'll be the most left-wing president ever. So I think if, you know, a Biden presidency would combine the worst of the Obama years with the worst of the new Democratic Party uh, under the influence of Bernie Sanders and company. And uh, what about on immigration? Um, he's has he always been an open borders guy or is that a, uh, has that been something he's switched to for convenience? Yeah, that that's another uh, position that he's taken more recently. Uh yeah, he's uh, as the party became open borders, uh, so did he. Uh, so, yeah, he's uh, and, and, you know, he said that he's not going to deport anybody during the first hundred days of his administration. Uh, and uh, he's going to bring, you know, we, we should expect La Raza and other amnesty groups to come you know, into his administration. And uh, I, I think that's, you know, it's very alarming. Uh, all the gains that have been made under Trump will be wiped out uh, by Biden. It's pretty scary stuff. So, so what, uh, um, George? What gives him a better chance of being elected? Do you think lying about being a moderate or going all in on the crypto socialism and just admitting that that's what he is? And you know, uh, or is he going to try to do both, depending on where he is? I guess. I think What's, yeah, he's going to probably try to do both. But he's also, you know, he's trying to win by default by simply hiding and letting the. He wants the election to simply be a referendum on Donald Trump. And uh, so he's sort of staying out of the limelight as much as possible and hoping to win by default. And as you uh, when you did your research on this book, and I always like to ask authors this, but, you know, you researched this guy. Um, was there any one thing that surprised you or shocked you that you found in, in uh, putting together the book? 
about him that you didn't know that maybe people didn't know? I mean, you know, the general thing of just being a phony and and uh, and the stuff that we know about him. But any any specific things that you found that kind of shocked you? Well, you know, one of the odd things about Biden, Biden is that he holds himself out as this uh, great champion of middle class values and, you know, ordinary, the concerns of ordinary people. Uh, and, you know, he calls himself Scranton Joe. But uh, right. what I found is that he's mu- he's much more like Hol- Hollywood Joe than Scranton Joe. And you can see that in his very outlandish position with respect to transgender issues. You know, he's he's said that transgenderism is the greatest civil issue, civil rights issue of our time. Yeah. And he wants to turn elementary schools into uh, social laboratories for transgenderism and the like. And so I, I found that kind of shocking that uh, he's gone so far to the left on those issues and he's taking positions which previous Democrats would never have taken. What's really scary, George, is that this guy is the nominee for president uh, on the for the Democrat Party. Uh, this is not some guy running as a, you know, a fifth, uh, not a third party, but a fourth or fifth party. All the things you described is a guy who's now mainstream for the Democrats. It's pretty scary, but uh, there he is. That's who's running. I just hope he doesn't win. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck with the book. Thanks, George. Sure. Thanks for having me. Okay, that's George Newmeyer. The book is The Biden Deception, Moderate Opportunist or Democrats' Crypto-Socialist. He's a crypto-socialist. We'll be right back. Hey, here's a common question. What are you going to do with your life? What's next? For high school students, graduates, and working adults ready to learn new skills to start a new career or enhance their career, there's Salem Career Hub. Online at SalemCareerHub.com. Prepare for the next step in your education. Get connected with top-ranked online schools and leading skills-based short-term training programs like full-stack software development from the co-founder of Apple, Steve Wozniak, to online XR programs, teaching hands-on vocational courses for HVAC, welding, plumbing, facilities management, electricians, solar, and more, all at a special reduced Salem Career Hub price. Better your life through education. Our team of education professionals are available to help you Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Central Time. Just call 866-711-6275, 866-711-6275, or visit 24-7 SalemCareerHub.com. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have 5 to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. 724-884-1496. Here are the facts. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. Having to do your own digital marketing while trying to manage your business, well, there's just not enough time in the day. You need Salem Surround. You're doing all you can to market your business, but are you sure you have the right strategy or seeing a great return on investment? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. We'll design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies, using everything in our toolkit to work for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. This is Sebastian Gorka. Friends, I want to talk to you about the latest film from Dinesh D'Souza and his most important. It's called Trump Card, and it's an expose of the socialism, corruption, and gangsterism that defines the modern Democrat Party. 
Whether it's the creeping socialism of Joe Biden or the overt socialism of Bernie Sanders, this film reveals what's unique about modern socialism, who's behind it, and why it's evil, and how we can work with President Trump to stop it. This is the most important election of our lifetimes. The stakes are high. The battle line's stark. And this new film by Dinesh D'Souza explains why, as only Dinesh can. Go to watchtrumpcard.com and pre-order your video on demand and DVD now. You don't want to miss this important new film by Dinesh D'Souza. Pre-order your DVD and video on demand now at watchtrumpcard.com. Card.com. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Hey, uh, a little note about tomorrow. I have uh, two guests that you, uh, I think you've probably heard of. One is a young guy named Eric Trump. He's going to be in Pennsylvania tomorrow, and he will be on the show at, probably in the second half hour, around 530 and uh, at 5.15, we have Janine Pirro, uh, known maybe better to you as Judge Janine on Fox. She has a, a book out called Don't Lie to Me. So um, I'm going to help her try to sell some books around here, I guess. She's going to be on the show, which uh, I'm happy to say. And uh, I like to get guests. I was talking to my, my class at uh, Waynesburg uh, University today. I teach a, a class down there. And we talked about talk shows today uh, within the broadcast uh, class. Um, and um, I said, what I try to do is get people who are smarter than I am so that I can talk to them. And that's not hard for me to do. <laughs> and uh, especially on certain subjects, I, I would rather than just have me um, spouting off about things, which I'm perfectly happy to do, I would uh, prefer to have a guest who's smarter than I am. So I think Judge Janine's probably smarter than I am on a lot of things. She'll be here tomorrow at uh, 5.15 or so, and Eric Trump at 5.30. So uh, I appreciate you uh, tuning in today, and I will check back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of The Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.